Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the NXT Two Fight oh! Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT Two. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT Two Fight. Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review, well, as I said yesterday, quite possibly the final ever episode of NXT 2.0. And what a sign-off this was, Hamlet. It's not the final episode of 2.0, is it? Because what we saw here was evidence that our podcast, at very least, will be fine, even if... NXT is in no fit state whatsoever. It's losing the 2.0 bits, basically. And hopefully nothing else. This was worse than it looked on paper. (laughs) How did they do that? What an abysmal parade of terrible matches, useless finishes, awful individual performances, dreadful characters, miserable stories, unfunny skits. Like... Impressively bad episode. I loved it because of that, because of what you said. Because our fear with NXT, sorry to interrupt. No, yeah. But our fear was, oh, we're going back to the bland, like, Sige, what do you reckon to this match? I thought it was three stars. (laughs) I did too. Here's the finish, blah, blah. Nah, give me this every week rather than just... just. I I think you're right, but this was particularly (laughs) bad. This was so fun to hate. Yes, (laughs) There was so much of it. I'm thinking, why is this person in the ring? Why has this person agreed to this stipulation? Um, What is this storyline? What are the two options for how bad this thing is? It's bad one way or the other. Which specific way in which is it bad? A great time. (laughs) Great time. Yeah, my one question I thought of walking into work today, I was going to ask you, is as as lads who love a night out of the pub, like we love our hanging out at a Christmas party and what have you, and we do it more if we could, obviously. Mm. But like, Sige, what's your favourite thing about going to the pub? Is it the bins, the tables, or the chairs? Because <laughs> that's why mine is a gallus being kicked out of it, actually. So. <laughs> Being taken away in cuffs. And uh, overdue. The em- or the overdue. empty overdue. <laughs> the, the empty glasses, actually, I think might be my yeah. favourite. You know, you know when you go to the pub and you get an empty jug and two empty glasses <laughs> and sit by the bins, apparently. It was I was 
loving this because of the exact reasons we've just laid out. Yeah, I, I it was. I mean, let's let's go through it because it yes. feels enough to pick out of just about every single segment for me. Uh, hands up, there was uh, one segment I really genuinely quite enjoyed. But you'll probably be able to guess what yeah, it is. We'll get to I it in due so. course. Uh, the show opens up, we forgot to mention him on the preview, actually, with uh, Ilya Dragunov, who, of course, returned and set up, well, what they were about to set up here. He comes down, he's doing his conducting gimmick. Uh, he gets on the mic and says, last time he's on in NXT, he conquered an unbeatable monster to become champion. He walked into the place like a coliseum, struggled and endured, and achieved with a heart, sorry, with a... Hard. Like a gladiator, he became a czar because pain has always been his friend. Um, he's ready to do it all again. You know um, what's always been my friends? Friends. Jesus, wrestling's so crap sometimes, isn't it? Pain has always been made. Fuck off. Like, get, get some mates. They're way better friends. But better friends than pain. Learning. He censored himself there. Yeah, yeah, I felt really bad about yesterday. You had, had a lot on your plate. Um, <laughs> but it's not Gunther this time. It's Bran Breaker. Uh... Uh, out comes uh, Jordan Devlin, J.D. McDonough, uh, calls Dragunov a sneaky, dirty little rat and uh, says, oh, last time we fought, you may have won, but I took you out of action, blah, blah. I hope that ankle's feeling all right. Um, so, you know, it's my time now. Stay on the sidelines where you've been. I'll end your career if you try and stop me again. Uh, they, get in, they get in each other's faces. Dragunov's face is just... Uh, he just always looks like he's ready for a proper fight. Um, and then suddenly out comes Bran Breaker, NXT champion. Uh, welcomes Dragunov to NXT. Uh, says, look, you may well be a warrior, but this title isn't going anywhere. Uh, JD McDonough says, look, I won last week. I'm the number one contender. I tell you, I've got a good idea, actually. Why don't you two... Well, sorry, there's a triple threat chant at this point. Because, of course, there is in NXT 2.0. Uh, and he says, oh, no, uh, why don't you two beat the snot out of each other and I'll face whoever wins, basically. And Breaker says, I thought you were meant to be <laughs> well, you meant to be smart. What's all that bollocks about? Um, I've been working out the math and uh, you've got a 33 and a third percent chance uh, of winning. Uh, uh, see what they did there? And uh, get, a, get a huge paper from the NXT audience. And Breaker announces that at Halloween Havoc, it will be a triple threat. The audience actually shouts it between himself, JD McDonough, and Ilya Dragunov. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Your face was I was reading that. I tell you one thing I did like. Right, me and Hamlet were talking about something related to this over the desks. Where in wrestling, it's all in the cell. When to do it, how to do it. There's a way of putting something over where it's convincing, incredible. Not, for example, as Hamlet pointed out. Vic Joseph or Wade Barrett talked about how they had the best women's division in the world. Oh, Jesus, on this Lash, episode. <laughs> Lash Legend is on it. Nikita <laughs> Lyons is, is on it. This is probably the best NXT women's division ever. It's like, you're actually talking about something that means something there, Vic, and you're comparing it to this. I did like Dragunov's um, conflating of Gunther and Braun Breaker, because I thought it was quite clever. He didn't outright say, he's as bloody good as Gunther. He isn't. But if you tally up the kayfabe achievements, there yeah. is a similarity there. There's a history there. So what you're doing is you're putting your top guy over. You are reminding people why they should respect um, Dragunov. And it was all very neat and tidy, and I really quite like yeah. that. Um, I hated literally everything else because <laughs> Bron Breaker, dumbass, <laughs> he... In a bid to get the most tiresome meme of all time now, over again, the the, the Steiner Math promo, 
I think Scott Steiner, I know he's wearing the T-shirt, <laughs> right? It wasn't tiresome when he bought it. Yeah. I think Scott Steiner, who is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, is across the various phases of his career, the composite brilliant professional wrestler, colorful gear, insane energy in his promos, revolutionary moves with the Z guy, yeah. incredible brawler, incredible aura, just a wild, larger-than-life character. Every single bit of the composite Steiner experience encompasses all that is great about pro wrestling, okay? Sick of this meme, and don't use this meme to make your top baby face look like an absolute dumbass. Mm. Got, you've got a 33 and a third chance of winning. Why don't, why don't, just yeah. why don't you have a 50% chance of winning one match and then rest up, recover, train, and then have a 50% chance of winning the next match? Don't put yourself in the situation where you could lose your title, which apparently means so much to you, and it should, by not being pinned in a match. Why would you volunteer for this, you stupid bastard? Ah, oh, because it gets a meme out. Oh, because it gets to do a match that we haven't really seen yet. Oh, get McDonough pinned out the way so they can do Dragonoff versus Breaker for real this time. You wasted my time with this. You're making your baby faces look like dumbass dickheads to arrive at this. And you're making it seem like a triumphant deal where he's not just got himself into trouble and a lot of rather silly bother. Yeah, I was really like relieved to see Bron Breaker in that kind of like sort of worlds collide so Wolds collide vibe, and I always favour the collide side because like all the Wolds guys are awful, absolutely terrible. I don't like Ilya Dragunov, by the way. I know he can go. I just hate the way he walks, talks, and acts. I hate his entire presentation, all of it. And he's weird. I described him to Cedric like this. It's not his fault, but there's something about the, like, the way he moves his neck and head that looks like a cobra with its hood out, and he's just like, ugh, ugh. Like, I don't want to be around you. And like McDonald's not much better. He's, he's just got the best big, fire. He's just as big as he's incredible. He can get. He can get. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I, all disputing like what happens when the bell rings, but I do not like this act, and I hate it even more through the like the go out there and cut a promo and do the <laughs> sure is great to be here in NXT <laughs> like that. Like you cannot do that. See, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> so a few of them can, right? But like he can't do it either. So I didn't like any of that. And then I was like, oh, bronze here. Thank God. Like somebody that in my like somebody that is to me what a wrestler actually is, other than these two little. Greasy creeps, right? And then he comes out and he cuts that promo, and he's an idiot as well. He's just a stick. Like, I just came away from this thinking, like, well, like, I hate the title scene in NXT now. <laughs> Great. A triple threat chant. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourselves. And have a watch. They've lost Jeez. all shame several years yeah, ago. Yeah, I suppose. I pictured you during the uh, This Is Awesome chant between Styles and Edge. Oh, my God. Just triple threat. It is awesome. Is it? Have some self-respect, man. Anyway, you'll never guess what's going on backstage. Bloody brawl between Gallus and uh, Boris Johnson and Sue Wanks a lot. See where that's heading later. Uh, Mandy Rose has got a match with uh, Fallon Henley, so of course she cuts a promo all about Alba Fire on her walk to the ring. <laughs> uh, and then we get a, a, a video vignette from uh, Joe Gacy and the boys. Um, for a split second, for some reason I thought, what's his name? Mick Jagger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I, I thought he, he also had a white contact lens for some reason. So when he started talking, he didn't have it. I was like, here we go. They're going, they're slowly sliding back towards, oh, no, no, sorry. There's, so hope that kills you. There's Robbie Fowler with his, I just. It's a little bit um, Triple H first names, that, isn't it, as well? You see uh, Mick Jagger's contact lenses. Thank you, Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sort of like, got, no, got normal colored eyes again. Robbie Fowler's still got it. Um, 
Refuse our embrace, grime, camera grimes, the limbs from the tree or some bollocks are going to bind you. Uh, we'll leave you <laughs> spiritually decimated, Sige, uh, and we'll continue to grow as you end up uh, right where you started, alone. Well, you know, usually I complain about the ridiculous verbiage spouted by... But I can imagine Cameron Grimes having to work them is, in fact, spiritually decimated. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. A very convincing promo for once on this goddamn terrible show. Uh, then they got the NXT Women's Champion in action, Mandy Rose versus Fallon Henley. Your face. Sorry. <laughs> uh, a brief match. Uh, Henley got beat down early on, made a comeback. Hip tosses uh, her way into, into control. Swinging face plant gets her a, a near fall. Again, that gets beaten up. Obviously, you've got Gigi Dolan and JC Jane you know, running interference and distracting her occasionally. In the end, Rose just nails her with that jumping knee strike, I think it is. Kissed by the Rose, I think it was called. Uh, for the one, two, three, whilst Wade Barrett yells, Rose keeps knocking them out with those American fires. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, I would describe this match as perfunctory. And then my take on it about an hour later was Masterpiece because... <laughs> I was just going to say. Because compared to everything else on this show, this hey, was... Hey, Maddie, your match got less bad. Yeah. This is a match of hideous fundamentals. Like a night oh, that was a hideous match. A no, no, sorry. This was a night of such hideous fundamentals yes. that all of a sudden one that had a basic grasp of oh, it. It's hideous to watch because it was just, <laughs> there was no emotion to it. It was just so patterned and it was just such in that rhythm. And then you've got Vic Joseph screaming over it, pretending that it's better than it is. This was not shambolic. Yeah. <laughs> Only ways down. Only ways down. And it starts with the very next bit of television. Uh, well, oh boy. This is why I love NXT. <laughs> so Mandy gets on the mic afterwards, talk, starts talking about Alba Fire again. Need to remember that surname in a second. Um, <laughs> she's jealous. I've con conquered two continents, unified the titles, and you're there just throwing <laughs> another log on the fire. Um, this is your last chance. And then who should appear on the Tron but Alba Fire, who says, I uh, don't really do. Uh, warnings. I'm more, uh, you know, visual with with my thing. Uh, bats on fire. The floor's on fire, and it spells out hashtag and you. Jesus Christ! I just love it so much. <laughs> the like, if you think about this bollocks for longer than two seconds, which a lot of people don't, or the few people that watch this show don't, and hype it up like just idiots. I'm sorry. <laughs> we enjoy it for what it is. People think it's great. I know everyone likes something, so maybe it's just nothing to consider. Some people, with. when that fictional brand NXT UK closed, were like big <laughs> in that hashtag, like our brand thing, weren't they? Huh, some people will never know what they're missing out on. Will they? Oh, okay. And who are those people? I, don't <laughs> I watched the good match. It was Ilya Dragon <laughs> versus Walter. The good match in the empty building, yeah. That was it. Just love the idea of Alba Fire. And this is a wrestling thing, but of somehow getting a camera crew and saying, right, go on, that's yep. what I'm going to show you. That's what I want to do, yeah. It's all a bit stupid, but that is wrestling, right? There are, there's levels to the stupidity NXT 2.0, because of course there are. So the idea, I was like, you know, I'm not really the verbal type. I'd rather go to exponentially more effort yeah. to like, make flammable material and turn it into letters mm -hmm. that say hashtag and new. So just gone to all this effort to like... 
what's a flammable material like wood doused in like oil or something like kerosene, that. kerosene and paper mache and or whatever, <laughs> and she's then lit it on fire. What do you think about that? What if, like, was it Fallon Henley? I forgot. Yes. Yeah. What if Fallon, Fallon Henley won? Is that? <laughs> like Brent with the emu. Yeah. So that's a bloody waste of time then, isn't it? Oh, God, that's a... She could she could I mean she could say, Congratulations, Fallon Henley. I made this for you, I suppose. That was the last second pivot. There you are. Hashtag I knew. Celebrating for you, if anything. I, I so, it was either she's gone through this very elaborate and works very hard, sorry, <laughs> Hamflirt. That's all right. To make this thing. Mm -hmm. Or there is a supernatural implication. Oh, I do hope so. Where she can just make things out of a uh, I this is the last airbender album fire ever. <laughs> just, just just make Mandrill spontaneously combust and win the title off her in the middle of a match. Or if yeah, if you want to do that, do the gimmick of a big line of kerosene running to the car that we all know Toxic Attraction have. Yeah. That remember Wendy Chu drove two mm -hmm. parking spaces over and blow that up. Blow the car up with fire. Yeah. Use the fire for like big its power car. rather than its yeah. There you go. Like, I love that this is why they are so loyal to the this is your thing philosophy, because Alba's is fire, so she does this, right? Uh, they've got a businesswoman character in NXT at the moment, so when, like, it's their turn to get a title shot, you're going to see, like, uh, you're going to see Mandy at home, and she's going to be like, yeah, but uh, just a minute, I'm just going to uh, check my emails. And then she logs on. Hashtag on you. Oh, my God. Like, if there was a chef, it'd be, like, spelled out in alphabet spaghetti or something like that. This is what it's like. Oh, I don't right. hear any more ideas. Uh, give them all, give That's them all. what the gimmick is for, is because when it comes time to lay down a challenge, you don't say, like, I want to challenge you for the title. I've won four matches in a row. It's like, well, this is the thing I do. So this is how, like, this is what they did. Like, she doesn't write a shopping list with a pen and paper on and notes on a phone. She does it in fire because she's Alba Fire. That's, like, it absolutely consumes them. Toxic attraction, like, they're uh, so toxic. That um, they're just told to go out there and make faces. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan sent out like a cup, sorry, a couple of fucking idiots, right? And never given actual direction other than just react to that. And it's like, how? Like, in, in, in defense of them, and rarely do I start a sentence with that, in defense of them, how do we react to that? It's like, well, this feels fake and weird. That's <laughs> what I like, This is not the actions of a real person. So they're required to just like, are they angry? Are they scared? They're also like these kind of like these sort of bitches of NXT. So they're required to just like blow the whole thing off and be like, we're not threatened by it. Mm -hmm. How do you manifest a single expression? You can't. So they do 20 of them. So they're just, their faces are contorting into all these weird shapes. So how am I, the fan, supposed to receive any of this? Are they threatened by it or are they just weirded out? Because at absolute worst, well, she might have set us on fire. Like it's, it's nothing or she sets you ablaze. Mm. The huge extremes of Albafire's threat. Well, thankfully, that at the end of the whole fire stuff for this episode, and I think, I think, I think even Sid would agree, you're reaching a little bit that everyone just is living their gimmick. Let's see what came next. Apollo Cruz, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's writing his book, writing his little book about the real star of NXT 2.0. Let's be honest, Gregson Bloody Waller, um, who, and he talks about justice and he talks about vengeance after he. Grayson Waller didn't try and permanently blind him, did he? He tried to poke his eye or scratch his eyes to gain an advantage to win a match. Yes, I don't like think he, he tried to gouge it out. It wasn't like the mountain in Game of Thrones. He just went, meh, to try and win a match. What did he do? Meh. But Apollo's thinking, well... Thanks for clarifying. You should have been watching the show because you know my eyes are so powerful. It's not his brain. It's just his eyes. <laughs> yeah, They're so, so powerful. They can see the future. Cyclops over here. You're going to give him a head injury. Now it's fine. The future's in my eyes. So, <laughs> right... Then he says, but I got my own back because my mere presence, get this, 
blinded you from a shot at the North American Championship because he cost him that match. Uh, he says, everything still has somewhat of a haze, but one image, and what a one image this is, one image is crystal clear. I'll get what he says out of the way, then we can talk about what we saw. He says, I'm not with you, done with you yet, Grayson Waller, bitch. <laughs> and then we we see what Apollo Crews can see, which, uh, which granted, Grayson Waller said, what the bloody hell's going on later? Can everyone see what he can see? Right, which is amazing that he pointed that out, first and foremost. But also, the image that I saw for a man who had blood coming out of his eyes, yeah. he's going to make Grayson Waller have a really bad bout of hay fever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We saw a vision from the future. Yes. The audience saw this. Did he download it? <laughs> How does that appear on screen? Without Grayson Waller's knowledge. That's yes. it, like He refused to acknowledge that he was part of that. But he was, because he was there. <laughs> Did he go on Photoshop? So, uh, pretty hard to put it over. But, uh, okay. I'll get my... Uh, Stock image, guys. I'll get Pixlr open. <laughs> and I'll just have a little fanny about and just... What do I do? What do, I do? But it's a v- moving video, this was, because he took the glasses off him. And he went, Has Apollo Crews... <laughs> you look like that Reddit post <laughs> for a second. It's Apollo Crews, like... 3D printed his own Grayson Waller with bloody eyes. And that's why Chris... <laughs> Not bloody, bloodshot. bloodshot. Let's be honest. Bloodshot eyes. Is that how he's made that? Because that was real. Just looks like there are a few too many castle mains. <laughs> <laughs> that's what nice. it looked like. Very good. Like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot what came next. Look at Dragon Ball's walking backstage. Who's <laughs> he <laughs> bumping into? Perennial loser, Zion Quinn. Brilliantly. I love that I could be like, hey, you ain't done nothing until you beat me, because everyone beats him. Uh, he said, I uh, heard, heard a lot about you. What a load of bollocks, you crap. And then uh, he said, oh, yeah, if they gave me a chance to run with the ball, uh, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be great, because no one, no one ever could take it from me. And I was like, you lose every time, Zion. I love you, mate, but you lose every time. Uh, and uh, there's more ball chap. The ball's in Zion's court. They're going to have a match later. Love this. This is why writing and wrestling has never worked. And even Triple H is that larger that in Raw and SmackDown, how the characters are sort of starting to feel like characters again. Not in NXT. Like, Elia Dragunov's just been out, life is pain, and I'm about inflicting pain and suffering pain. You couldn't hold a ball. Like, it's <laughs> just, they're just words. Speaking of ball stuff. Yeah, I was like, they're just words thrown at these talking props. And Elia Dragunov's part of it as well now. Losers. Idiot losers. Zion Quinn is just an idiot. <laughs> Everyone on the show is stupid. <laughs> the one thing oh it was a real roller coaster. what came next because it was time for Wesley versus Tony D'Angelo mm. the one thing I genuinely earnestly just had a lovely time with was Wesley coming out with uh, another lad from Connors Cure uh, Quinn the King Crusher Melita I think it was again this is just nice yeah. it's just nice to see these kids coming out and having a nice time even better if he targets Lola first <laughs> <laughs> But we've got to talk about what happened next because uh, we knew what was coming. I didn't really write many notes through this match. For that the, was irrelevant. For, yeah. for obvious reasons. Did, like, our boy Stax getting involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely disregarding what the boy says and eventually getting kicked out, um, which obviously helped Tony D kind, kind of take over. Commander Hayes and Trick Williams are watching backstage. We'll talk about them in a minute. And... Uh, <laughs> The way they were introduced. Were, were things taped out of shot, maybe, for this NXT? I, I think you sure. might be right there. Um, so, yeah, Wesley fires back up at one point. Tony D rushes him in the corner. 
Wesley does a sort of drop toe hold, and the spot is meant to be to Tony D drops to one knee and sort of head first into the turnbuckle, but he just goes down to one knee, and they showed this on the replay, his knee sort of jars seemingly on impact, and he just, that's it, he doesn't move. I always say this in football, whenever I see players genuinely get injured, they don't roll around, a lot of them don't actually scream and yell, they just stop moving. I always think of like Michael Owen in the 2006 World Cup when he does his knee. I know you've got no sympathy for that, but still. No. He just stopped moving. That's fine, I got no sympathy for Michael Owen. <laughs> Tony D just stopped moving, and the ref just, they didn't even go to the finish. The ref just waved it off. And Wesley, I, I get it, he felt awful for his you know fellow professional. And obviously, I know we'd have a lot of fun with Tony D on this podcast, mm. and obviously he stacks, but... It's horrible when you see someone actually get injured like yeah. that. We wish him well in his recovery. But yeah, so it felt weird watching this with Wesley for something you said in the office. Yeah, so obviously this has been reported on, um, and we were all particularly devastated with it being Tony D. But had I have not known this was a shoot, I might have thought it was a work. And I don't know for what reason Tony would fake an injury, by the way, especially considering that the match did finish and he called it off. But it just must be something in the water. Um, Wesley has now been in that system long enough or maybe does at all times what he thinks might be what his paymasters want to see, that you would think he like all of this was planned. And the way he acted and the way, like, there is a WWE style to even my opponent has been legitimately injured, how do I behave? Remember when, um, like, Rhea Ripley, like, just took a second, when Tegan Knox, awful, devastating scenes of Tegan Knox getting injured that time. And Rhea Ripley took a second and focused and thought about who, what Rhea Ripley would do, what the character would do. And it was quite amazing. Like, it was so cold and callous. Yeah. She was like, well, I'll take that then. And kind of just shrugged it off. And it was like, wow, that's good instincts. Like, when you've, when you've got through the sort of grief of the moment, good instincts. Wesley doing the, oh, my God, am I involved in something so violent and can do this to my fellow man? Who is a mafia guy that is killing people on the side? Like, it was so preposterous that he was doing this, like, Gargano Trample one final beat act into a shoot injury that it almost felt, like, fake. And then that was made even worse by the the accidental cutaway that I do feel was just, <laughs> well, we take the interview now, so we're stuck with tone, whether we like it or not. Because, yeah, like, this was odd, an odd scene, and I hope Tony D'Angelo's recovery goes well. Yeah, I just don't think he knew where to put himself. That's the long and short of it for me. Uh, yeah, there's no point in talking about the match. I just wish him a speedy recovery because I never want to twist it. It's an affectionate yeah. Yeah. love we have for Tony D'Angelo. It's not, there's obviously an element of irony to it, but we really enjoyed elements of this character as well. Um, so wishing him all the best, as we would anyone who got injured. Uh, it was, yeah. Well, there are some people in wrestling who don't deserve any sympathy, actually. Correct. <laughs> um, but it was funny, as you pointed out, that, you know, this, this match obviously just stops. Right, right thing to do, just get him, get him medically helped and what have you. Wesley wins kind of by default, qualifies for North America Championship ladder match. And everyone's a bit like, ugh, it's awful, that. Anyway, let's go backstage. Wesley there with a big old win! <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Absolutely all over the shop. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, that is because... Uh, Moving on in the door, Wesley. Switching gears now. Switching gears now. Uh, Mello and Trick are there with uh, Mackenzie, and uh, Hayes says, I don't feel anything uh, about uh, Wesley, and they talk about smashing his head in a couple of weeks back. Then Oromensa shows up, uh, says he looks forward to facing Carmelo and Wes and whoever else is in the match, Uh, and Mello says, I respect you, but it's every man for themselves at Halloween Havoc, and Ora says, looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, like, all right, not like a banner week for Mellow and Trick or anything. I'm not, I'm not into this ladder match, this North American title thing. Like, I was depending I, on who goes in it. 
it could be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The three so far. Yeah. Very yeah. tasty. It's just it's tasty. Good thing he qualified, can't he? I've just remembered. I've just complete. I just slipped my mind. A, uh, Nathan, Nathan Fraser. Fraser. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot about that because I already saw the three and I was like, so you could have those three: Nathan Fraser and Chase U. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the best. Chase U. I'm ruining it. Or Van Wagner. That's that would, that would save us. What you want? That would save. Get Von Wagner in there. Von Wagner doing the high flying stuff. Give it Von Wagner at the end of the season. Give Von Wagner the belt. Let's see what that looks like. I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. But, he was uh, actually heading there at one point, yeah. as wild as it seemed. But yeah, really, really awful to see this uh, for, for Tony D and Watney. That means for, for him and uh, anyone associated with him going forward. Hey, guys. Oh, you're right, Stacks. Is, that, is, is your okay, timing mate? particularly sensitive here, Stacks? I just, I, I don't know what to do with myself. My boy Tony, I, uh, I'm just so sorry for him. Yeah. Are we providing a nice space yeah, for you to come uh, in? I needed this it. today, guys. Thanks. Oh, actually, b- before I go, speaking of legs. Speaking of tonal shifts that, that we actually have control over, actually. <laughs> they did too. Sid, it was taped. It was taped. What do you call a three-legged donkey? Is it a wonky? It's a wonky! <laughs> Old man, you know, a wacky donkey. Did you ever see Saturday morning television from the UK when you were younger, Stacks? SMTV Live with Cat Dilly. I didn't miss a goddamn episode. Um, <laughs> well, since we guessed the punchline, Stacks, you're gonna have to come up with a different joke. Okay, I'll see if I can think of one. You got any more in your brain, Stacks? You know, on the way over here, you know what I saw? You know what I saw, Everett? What's that? A one legged hitchhiker. One-legged hitchhike. You know what I said to him? Oh, oh Ben! Oh, Ben, he's got one leg! That's the way I tell him! It's not bad. Um, maybe... Have you got jokes about, like, not... About not leg stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just think it's a bit insensitive. <laughs> I know who's your mate. You know what? Give me a topic. I'll think of a joke. <laughs> okay. Um, can you, Stax, give me a joke about... About a cat. <laughs> Jokes about cats. I'm having a little think about it. I just want to find one that's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Huh? <laughs> you are close. You're close. They're getting kicked out. <laughs> I see a hand hovering over that button there. <laughs> he's, he's holding the door open, I believe, for his tax. What do uh, I got one for you? I think you'll like this one. What I got a cat, you know, Mister Whiskers. Uh, what do you think he? Uh, <laughs> what do you think he eats for breakfast, though? What do you think my cat eats for breakfast? Huh? Cat food, tuna, uh, mice krispies. That's what he eats. <laughs> it's the way I tell him. Oh, he's done it again. Five stars. Bye, Stax. <laughs> Wilborn, you're you're still on the Stax bus, aren't you? I'm 100 <laughs> on the Stax bus. I, I don't really get a wording because he has to use my mic, so I have to kind of yeah. sit away. But yeah, it is always nice having him here. And you we get a fourth it. mic. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll work on it. <laughs> or alternatively, <laughs> maybe let's not. <laughs> if we ever switch to video podcast, I don't know how this is going to work. What's the uh, future of Tony D Airlines while he's out injured? That's you know, that's yeah, a well, quick. Stax has been making the best of that. Tell you what, 
that is a hook to get people to listen to the preview next week right there. I'm going to write all the, all the bullet <laughs> points and then an update on Tony D. Airlines. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, let's return <laughs> to our regularly scheduled programming, I suppose. Um, because we then got a vignette I really quite enjoyed. It's a day in the life of NXT Tag Team Champions Pretty Deadly. Hey, yes, boy! Yes, boy! Yes, boy! <laughs> so, yeah, unsurprisingly, I genuinely enjoyed this. Uh, they described themselves as the tastiest snacks in the whole universe. And, uh, yeah, you know, wrestlers have this insane schedule. It's nice to know that someone has... A schedule as a wrestler that I could actually get on board with. You know, none of this, like, you know, when people say, like, The Rock wakes up at 3 a.m. and does a, I don't know, five-hour workout, and then his day actually starts. Insane. They say, we don't rise at 4 a.m. and hit the gym. We get up at around 10 a.m. when all the bloody plebs have gone to work. <laughs> um, we get up around then. Uh, we take turns serving each other breakfast in the bedroom. Uh, they thought about getting a, a butler sage, but they didn't want to disturb their perfect utopia of, I don't know, scrambled egg on toast or whatever it may be. Um, 11 a.m., so that's an hour they've taken for breakfast. 11 a.m., um, they take a while finding the the perfect outfit for the day, and we get a montage of them trying on some, some just excellent outfits uh, until they truly look, in their own words, ravishing. Then at 2 p.m., so that's three hours it's taken them to get ready. 2 p.m., they take an hour to brush each other's hair. They have a cup of tea, good, uh, and then they hit the gym. Of course, they don't hit heavyweights, Hamlet. They're not animals. They're works of art. <laughs> uh, and then the rest of the day, I think they spend either doing, as we saw, a side plate check workout. <laughs> yes, boy! And the rest of the day just basking in each other's wonderfulness. 
So I, this was tremendous. Obviously, it was tremendous, right? But I actually think it was tremendous for more than the limited credit I've seen it get online because so few things penetrate, and this did. It's really funny. Good WWE sports entertainment nonsense. I'm always there for it when it's of a high standard, and this was of a very high standard of performers who know what they're doing, play the characters really well. Obnoxious heel shtick, but the best kind. There is something very, very good at the core of this, right? And that is heels identifying in any era, in any generation what it is that's going to piss off the people watching the show, right? In the 80s, it unfortunately might have been alternative lifestyles. Yes. In local territories, in, let's say, racist sections of America, for example. You know, you sort of do race-beating heel stuff. They have very acutely identified that nobody's got enough time or money. Now, normal people, all of us, get to go to work in the morning, like, have our lives, have our days, whatever it is. Nobody's got time, nobody's got any money. It's a really, really difficult period for most people, and these are doing the polar opposite of it and rubbing it in your face. Like, they've actually mm. thought a lot. Like, the time stuff was a really key detail to all this. I was in livid with these pricks, getting to sleep in and get to do things at their own pace, at their own time. It's all I aspire to have in life, and I, and I can't get it, and most of us can't. Like, genuinely something really good underneath the funny, schlocky stuff that we'd otherwise be used to. Great, great stuff. I like the... Yes, boy! <laughs> when they were, like, sort of just showing off the belts to each yeah. other. still so happy that they're the Keeping champions. Keeping both belts alive when they don't need to is great. Yeah. And just have more. Just have more of it. Just basically, like... Yes, boy! <laughs> champion! In their own stupid way... They're really happy to be champions. Yeah, yeah. It should be. It should be. It should be a massive achievement for you. They're rubbing it in your face. Them being champions, but it works anytime someone just buzzes off being a champion and puts it over. I'm a fan. I love Pretty Deadly, man. I think it's been a real, real great addition to NXT. A revelation considering the direction with which they've arrived from. Yes. Normally, oh god, it's somebody else. No, no, it's Gallows. Oh, my God, it's Wolfgang. BT Sports Studio bus has just pulled up. He's getting out. Oh, God. <laughs> it really is a lottery, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and then we got a debut. Uh, Sol Ruka making her, her debut. I know Havla's got a lot he wants to say about this. Uh, I know particularly enjoyed Sol Ruka's entrance. Oh, my God. Sorry, that was meant to play Surfing USA. I don't know what happened there. Do you know who else really enjoyed Sol Ruka's entrance? Who? Maury Miller. Like, absolutely. Cameron Earth in ages. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty good. I think I'm going to get my ass kicked by this athlete. Do you want to mark? And you're, you're a wrestler, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> she is She is an athlete. She's still quite green, I've got to be honest. Yeah. She was doing inc- incredibly impressive athletic stuff, you know. But let's be honest, she's no Tiffany Stratton. Like, in terms of Tiffany Stratton has taken, you know, the, st- the gymnastic stuff she can do. And I think in the months that we've seen has really come on. I think that should be, you know, the person that Sol Ruka should watch and emulate because she was doing this great flippy stuff across the Omanami ring. Oh, Toyota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, each Imagine that, like, tapes of everything. It's like, is it Toyota? No, 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 Tiffany. Get the tapes out. Get eight matches of very gradual development out. Who was it? Was it? I think it was David Moyes, I remember, when he first started managing Man United, he like was like, Boys, come here. And he got, like, Rio Ferdinand and Manu Vidic, one of the best centre-back pairings in, in Premier League history, and was like, he's I want you to emulate. And it was just two crap Everton defenders. <laughs> like, That's what I want you to be playing like. But, yes, I get where you're coming from with all that. Um, but, yeah, it was, like I say, it was impressive stuff flipping across the ring, and then it was just like, yeah. an elbow at the end of it. Uh, head scissors <laughs> from, from yeah. Sol Ruka. Uh, sunset flip uh, gets a near fall for Ruka. Dropkick gets another one. 
And, uh, well, do you want to talk about the, the bit off the top? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, the bit off the top, which actually sort of did lead into the finish. So it's one sort of... It's a, the perfect encapsulation of everything that is completely wrong with Soriga as a wrestler. This is the next in line thing. Tiffany Stratton is a good example of the next in line thing, how it can work. If you can fold what you can do in a, a broadly okay wrestling match, then all of this was worthwhile. The sporting background can be adapted and so on. Uh, gymnastic ability is such that she can do things with the greatest of ease that fantastic pro wrestlers cannot do. She does the tough enough use to run the drills where you either leapfrog over the person's head as they're running at you or you go right to the top and you backflip over. Either's fine because what it does is it puts you back in an advantageous position. She clears the entire ring with the backflip and a roll through at the other side of it. Amazing. She is, as a wrestler, right, is that a tactic? You have given yourself all the time in the world to have the fastest, like, standing start against the wrestler in the corner and the wrestler in the corner has such limited time to... Turn around and see you there, you know, and use things such as peripheral vision or ring awareness. Amari Miller is there to stand there like an absolute buffoon and look ever slightly to her right and ever slightly to her left. Where's she gone? <laughs> she's like, well, she's at the other side of the ring, mate. You're in trouble. And what does Soru could do with that time? She does a, like the tiny sort of hesitant quick step run across the thing. Yeah. Drop kick. And it's like, and here's the problem. There's the problem. You got all that and at the other end, it's a drop kick. That leads to a finish oh. in which she like flips her bot like she somehow like like flips and obviously does something with the joints of her arms and shoulders at the same time that she can you can't she inverts herself to flip over and it's a leg drop that looks like it wouldn't fold a piece of paper yeah <laughs> like that's here's what's really great about next in line here's why it fundamentally doesn't work until they've like wrestled for five years it's just they're not wrestlers they're incredible athletes they're not wrestlers can't add too much more of that other than right i get that she enjoys surfing right and she's <laughs> like presumably really good at it um, because she is intent on telling people that she loves to serve for some reason, even though she's a wrestler, right? <laughs> and she wears the outfit that one would probably wear if they were surfing as well. Yeah. Just surf. Just, just I'll finish wrestling then I can get straight out surfing. Like wearing your wetsuit at work because the waves are like, yeah, I've got to get out straight out after work. Just, just surf. You know what I mean? Like just, just surf. <laughs> I'm not like, saying she doesn't have potential because if she can look impactful in her stuff at some point, clearly what an athlete, what an athlete. But if your character, that's of surfing me, just do that then. It's like, like just do that then. There was that, um, it's like, it's not nice terminology, but it's kind of become affectionate in the years that have passed. That was that era where TNA were paying so poorly. But like the gag amongst some of the wrestlers, I forget which one it was, but there was at least a wrestler that was working in like a shop on a weekend, like working in a sunglasses hut, I think it was. I can't remember who it was now. But one of the gags amongst them was apparently like, oh, like, what's your shoot job? And they're saying, it's like wrestlers are on television. Jeez. What you want to go as a shoot job? This is her shoot job because she just wants to surf. I know. Like fucking just oh, punching in a clock. She's like, she's watching Pretty Deli going, oh, I'm raging with them because I have to punch a clock at nine o'clock. Come and do this. And then I can go and surf afterwards. I still remember discovering that though. I remember someone from TNA putting on you know, an announcing, I'm really proud to have finally dedicated myself to like being a wrestler full time. I was like, we're well, on about full time. You've been wrestling for about 10 years. <laughs> three What's going time, on? You're a three time world champion. Yeah. You've been working at Holland and Barrett. Gallus, <laughs> um, kicking off again backstage. What are they like? Uh, Awful is what they're like. Awful. Yeah, it's just so bland. One of the security gets laid out by Joe Coffey. Uh, Gallus gets sent back to their locker room. Joe Coffey's banned from ringside during the main event. Remember that, Sage. He's banned. Not allowed out there. So that's fair. You're bored. <laughs> uh, then it is time for... Carry Gabs! Versus uh, Joe Gacy, of course, joined at ringside. Uh, they obviously, as always, run interference for Joe Gacy. Uh, you know what? <laughs> 
No, toxic attraction, dude. That's but the, the, this is the cult version. Okay, got it. Uh, Grimes <laughs> goes for a dive off the, ap- off the apron. The yeah are there trying to block him. So Grimes, because he's mint, dives dives over them anyway. Somersault sent on to Joe Gacy. Uh, but again, throughout this match, he keeps turning his attention to Robbie Fowler and Mick Jagger, and that distracts him. That allows Gacy to take over. Uh, he works him over. I think we go through a break. When we come back, Grimes starts his fight back. Uh, but again, the Yeyes interfere, distract him, and uh, Joe Gacy hits that great finisher of his, that you know, handstand spring uh, lariat thing. One, two, three. Joe Gacy pins Cameron Grimes, and the red hoodie's in the crowd. The, the red hoodie is in the crowd. Uh, well, good. I didn't like it, Steve, and now it's over. That's right, isn't it? Cameron Grimes <laughs> on a bit of a losing streak. Joe Gacy's like, join my cult. And Cameron Grimes like, no thanks, I don't want to join your cult. And Joe Gacy's like, well, we're going to have to have a fight about that then. And he has a fight and he beats him, and it's done. The end. Like, I, I, like that's, but it's not, is it? Because it's NXT, so it's like, how is Cameron Grimes going to recover by fighting the same three people again? And there's clearly a fourth person in the crowd that is going to be working against him too. I don't care. He's lost. He's <laughs> finished. Grimes, like, is in a nightmare position because he does have these flashes in these matches, but at this point, they're only flashes, and this character has absolutely nowhere to go. And I'm not even sure if he's like particularly on the main roster radar. I do not know what's going on with him. It's shocking. He should be like. The f- one of the very first names picked. Right, the thing you've been doing for the last however many years is rubbish. So just get back on, or get to the main roster, and we'll just pretend like this has been the plan all along, which is how Triple H has operated. But, you know, it's not like Vince, who's gone, and he can do this whole subtext of, oh, God, it was crap, wasn't it, guys? That's why Kevin Owens is just basically acting like it was 2015 or whatever. Because like, his best mate, Sean, is booking this tribe, and he can't really say, oh, this is rubbish, what are you doing? <laughs> so it's quite interesting politically. I just felt absolute pity watching this. Even when it was good, I just felt sorry for them. Like Cameron Grimes is booting him right in the chin or the chops in the chest and just leathering the guy. The strikes. And they look great. I think even Bobby Fish would think, you know what, they're good kicks there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking... You're working this hard and hitting hitting them that hard because you know how crap this is, and because of how crap it is, I can't possibly like invest. Just uh, I, d- I do want to know who the red hoodie. Is. I yes. don't care. The I fact do, that they made I a sticker into a face do mask not care. Is funny as well. Yeah, yeah. Put that on a belt. Sell it for six grand. Yeah. Uh, this is the bit with uh, Grace and Bloody Waller. Uh, oh yeah, we're getting his talk show again next week. I love that. The bit with the inset. Oh, so good. You only had the little yeah. shot of. It's talk show, so let's make sure we can see my face at all times. He's so good. Uh, and he's like, this is the bit where he's like, the bloody hell was that earlier? <laughs> you got to see that. With my eye. What the? Can everyone see this? Uh, and anyway, he just says, I'll just hire some extra security. Yeah. Good solution. There you I'm go. I'm sure that uh, went really well literally 24 hours before this did. I know this is taped, but come on. And like kind of theoretically in the closing segment of this exact episode as well. Yeah. And you've got Hank, who is a security guard turned oh, wrestler. What a guy. There's your angle. Like, Grayson Waller's in two separate storylines with two terrible characters at the same time. And he's the only guy that will not allow any of this stuff to wash. Like, he talks about NXT like we would. Yeah, I know. This is garbage. What the hell are we doing here? Uh, Then it was time for Nikita Lyons versus Caden Carter, one half of the uh, NXT tag champs. (laughs) They just keep coming, don't they, these bad matches? (laughs) Um, Lyons got a two count off a Mishinoku driver. Carter knocks her down. Uh, she hits a running knee to the face in the ropes and uh, gets a, a near fall off that as well. But uh, Lyons hits that spinning kick to the head and does that splits leg drop pinfall thing that she does and gets the victory here. Terrible. Just 
awful, awful work, like awful work, and that it's just developmental in it. So then you're reminded that you're on television, and if they weren't doing this on television, they were doing it at the performance center in front of an audience of their peers. They were like, "Oh, that was rough." Try again tomorrow. We'll work on that tomorrow or whatever. Or a coach will watch and be like, yep, okay. Right, there's six things that we need to pick up and work on and that. But it's on television instead. So you, we as a viewing audience are supposed to receive this as like the, if not the elite tier, the one stage below. You know, they're just they're just a, a takeover performance away from getting onto Raw Smackdown. So in that sense, it was absolutely criminal. There was a match we watched and I'm trying to remember which, I, like trying to remember which show it was for me, the AWW, I can't remember now, sorry, but there was a tag match where for the first time in a while, I saw some real potential in somebody who's like a hot tag wrestler. And I was like, ah, maybe this was the, the move all along. It's only very recently. And uh, I thought that here about Caden Carter. It's like, oh, I have, has the potential that I've been seeing been in her as a hot tag wrestler. And then I remember that they've been teaming together for like two years. So if after two years, you're potentially still just as a hot tag wrestler and you can't work singles, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I've been saying, right, banging the drum since pre-pandemic about these two. They work the same match. They've kind of got it easy. They've got their patterned match down. They can use their athletic gifts to just coast through these matches that are just the same every single time. I couldn't tell you the story or anything memorable or emotional about a single match involving um, Katana Chance or Caden Carter. And I've been trying to tell people, like, they're not good. They can just sort of emulate what's fashionable and pull it off to a degree. Katana Chance has got like flips in it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We've just seen that with Sorok. It doesn't guarantee you anything. Yeah. Does it, like? And the proof is in the pudding in this match because, oh my God, this was absolutely horrendous. There's a bit where it was like, how could it be the, how could it be both kinds of bad in the space of what, five seconds where they do the bit where they do the splits and the cartwheel over. It didn't even look that athletically impressive. And then. Nikita Lyons, leathers her really hard in the thighs. Like, it's one of those where it's like, it's almost hitting her too hard, if anything. And then Nikita Lyons hits a drop kick, and it's the, the falling tree bump. Mm. And it's like, what are you doing in that performance center mm. if you're not bumping flat back, good snap, good snap, good snap every day? Because you got rubbish snap, actually. <laughs> and it's not good. And then there's like a, the, like the kind of handstand where it's like, Somersault hands dandy thing that leads to a hurricane runner. It's like her legs are nowhere near her head, and she just does this terrible tumble as if it was like as if her neck was getting wrenched into a forward roll. Oh no, this is just a bit of it, just so weak, so contrived. What are they doing down there? This performance center is absolutely fucking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Aye, we'll be coming up on 10 years, only. Like 2013? Yeah, 2013, you know. Yeah. Grand opening. Is there less stars than there has been years it's been open? Like, ground, I would say ground so. up. It, you know, this was know. meant to be a WrestleMania headliner factory. Yeah. So expensive. And then after about a couple of years, I'm crisis press and signed some people from PWG then because this ain't working out. Yeah. I'm not saying it hasn't produced talent. It hones talent that have got the fundamentals trained by somebody else, doesn't it? Like, it kind Well, of that's how it's doubled and it's double life. Masquerading. Mm. But I'm not saying it hasn't produced any talents that haven't been worthwhile in different ways um, that had no prior experience going in. Bianca Belair, uh, Chad Gable, didn't have any indie experience before he went there. I think the same applies for Jason Jordan. They're kind of like next-in-line principal standouts when you yes, think about Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proto, NIL, but good. So you've got um, yeah, American Alpha, Bianca Belair, Sh- 
Charlotte Flair had no prior experience. Some of her work looks rubbish, though, to this day. Braun was a strong man, and he Strowman figured out figured out how yeah. to do it. But what I'm getting at is the output of stars they've created. It's not really dissimilar to any sort of rundown wrestling school that doesn't require such huge space, um, the level of money that's gone into it, the, the technology, the facilities. The cost of that TV they installed in Vince Mann's office that he blatantly never turned on once. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could be watching at any point. If he's not, though, is he? Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I don't know the ratio of success to failure because I don't know how many people go into your average garden variety wrestling school. But in terms of output of stars, what a rubbish, what a rubbish experiment it has yeah. been all along. Uh, we get yeah. all the best guys, honestly, who've come through developmental and didn't really work on the indies before getting big. We're all trained by uh, Dr. Tom in FC Dub. Yeah. Big E, Roman. There are some people, um, and they get grief for this sometimes, but like you want to believe them. Your Coles and your Garganos that say that it was someone like a Shawn Michaels like was vital to refine what they already had and help them become TV stars in the way they didn't think they could be. Do something with your face for three seconds after a near fall. <laughs> but that's but that's could have worked that out from watching two episodes of NXT. <laughs> but it's such a loaded qualifier even in that, isn't it? Because you take a call and a Gargano and you're like, well, like, I'll book you and we'll see how this goes. Like, like I, I have enough money to run a wrestling show and can you have a good wrestling match? Like, job done. And then Shawn Michaels says, right, just do this or whatever those bits of advice are that day. And they will probably rightfully feel, oh yeah, well, I got to perform on that stage. That must justify what I did. But they had... Three quarters of it going in there. Nine-tenths. Nine-tenths. So we get a recap of what happened uh, last week, in case you forgot. Teachable moment! Teachable moment! (laughs) I think it's one of my favourite moments in NXT 2.0 history, that that call. It's the best call that we've had in NXT 2.0. I can't remember a single other one. Yeah. (laughs) He called me over saying that you'd found a Tyson and Austin of NXT last week. Teachable moment! Teachable moment! I'm telling lies. I pressed it. I thought you just pressed the Shane McMahon button. It starts off <laughs> the same way. Vic Joseph excited as Shane McMahon in pain. Let's do a comparative exercise then. So yeah, it was Andre Chase beat Carmelo Hayes last yeah. week. Uh, and so as a result, he's understandably giving a, uh, a bit of a pep rally on Chase U campus. <laughs> Yeah. It's quite a lot of students, considering how, how many of them he Considering there's only one dorm. Yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, I beat him last week. Big cheer from the crowd. Bodie Hayward's having a great time for you, Hale, too, of course. Uh, they've got Chase U trainers for some reason as well. And uh, he says, as a result of that, I've got a qualifying match next week with, and I was like, here we go, Barn Wagner. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing when you're like, oh, NXT 2.0 is finished. I was like, not quite no. yet. Not yet. Um, a winner is obviously going to be in the North American Championship. Ladder match at Halloween Havoc. Um, and he's got members of the press there, in fact, uh, and says, anyone got a question? And uh, some guy puts his hand in the air. Dave, apparently. And he goes, oh, how confident are you heading into the qualifying <laughs> matches? You've never beaten Von Wagner before. And he goes, who the f*** have you ever beat, Dave? You think that was a five-star question? How many times have you ever made? You ever been in a motherfucking ring? Every time I punch Bomb Wagner, I'm gonna think of your stupid smug face. And that is a... (laughs) Hack stuff of the highest order. Yeah. But I will bottle us, obviously. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
What a month to do this specific bit as well. Like, the day of joke is the joke. Framing it around, like, a press scrum, broadly speaking. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, well played, you know yeah. what you're doing. Uh, right, then we get a night of Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this was awful. Come Joke doesn't work. It's not as if, like, David ask a question and these things that make a talent uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 So. Imagine that, just like, Chase University has the momentum of a runaway freight train. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, so, yeah, Nathan Fraser's talking about being a soccer player. No, dear, that's wrong. Football player. Uh, he talks about his best of three series with Axiom, which has been the best thing going on, of course, recently. Uh, and they now, luckily enough, their third match is now a qualifying match for the ladder match at Halloween Havoc. Um, and he talks about how this is the biggest match of his career. He talks, speaking of matches, in fact, football matches. And you, you, you win or go home in the football. And uh, well, look at it, it's going to move the football. Uh, I've got the ball, the clock's ticking down, the game's on the line. And here's me scoring an overhead kick into an empty net. And, and on an empty field, in fact. This was pathetic. <laughs> it was so lame, my wasn't it? Used, me and my mates used to make videos like this on the field, round the back of school. Oh, there's me uh, recreating that uh, famous World Cup moment with no one in there. The thing is, I was watching this, right? And it wasn't bad within its own stupid context for half of it. Where it's like, right, okay, yeah, it's a match. we tied. Sometimes draws happen in football as well, so it's a bit stupid. But, like, you've got a glimpse of, oh, God, Nathan Frazier's like a little terrier on that pitch. He's got a... Low cross with a bit of zip on it. It's a pit ball, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's one of those low crosses where, like, if you're a defender, you're like, oh, if I stick my leg out here, it could go in the back yeah. of the net. It's going right across the keeper. Who, the if corridor you of uncertainty. Yes. Yeah. And if you commit and you're the keeper, you could just palm it out because you're not catching that. And if you're, a, if you're a defender, if you're an attacker, oh, you're going to love that. Uh, you, live for, you live for balls like that. You live <laughs> for balls like that. And then some... Poor Sod's got the ball and sprints over, acceleration out the airs and takes the ball off them. Takes and I was like, oh, yeah, Nathan Fraser's pretty good at football. Then they work him to make him look less good at football <laughs> than in the shoot situation from which they've borrowed footage. Yeah. So he's on his own. If you haven't seen this, and why would you? It's NXT 2.0. You listen to this and don't watch the show. So then cut to the shoot footage of him playing football where he's really good, or they've Carefully selected footage to, yeah. make, to flatter him. And then he's like shooting balls into an em empty net. And it's like, not going like, like, you know, like the Holland penalty where it's like, how on earth have you missed the post and just got it so snugly in the corner? Yeah. Like the accuracy is like robotic. Yeah. It's kicking in the middle a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly postage stamp, is it? Yeah. And then you just like an overhead kick and it's like, just okay, put that in the middle and without much zip on it. It's like, you look like you can't play. Like, honestly, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Given that, right, I have an hour with this. Make sure you look like you're putting in the postage stamp with an overhead kick or, you know, at least if you're just shooting a knee keeper and you don't have to do anything acrobatic, just belt in the top corner mm -hmm. hard as you can. I honestly think I could take half an hour at most and you could put better highlights. Yeah. I, I was astonished that they went back to the football thing. This is, again, it's Alba Fire, right? So if and when he gets a title shot, is he going to, like, score in the, like, and you, like, there's going to be a little th a thing in the corner, that, like, the top corner where there's going to be a little thing. You know, like, there's half-time games where, like, you can win a car or whatever. It's going to say, like, NXT World title, NXT North American title. 
I'm going to hit the target. And he, like, shoots a ball at the NAC. And that, like, that's the thing now, because he, he sends his messages through football as well. Famously football as well. You know, in football, it's win or go home. Famously in these 38 to 46 game seasons, it's win or, it's win or play next week and try and win again. Yeah. As it is in wrestling, which never ends, by the way. Like, a thick as big <laughs> this stuff. All of it. <laughs> Could not stand it. I want to shout out, by the way, uh, Stephen Blaney on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. It only came in this morning. I saw it just before we came in to record. Um, at Stephen Blaney 985 He sent us a message at something that's happened on his podcast app where he said, talk about football Talk about football for two minutes and it becomes essential. And it's for our conversation on the Raw Review where something's gone wrong with his podcast app. Maybe there's an algorithm doing its work and has put some Sky Sports football graphic behind it <laughs> when we were just <laughs> briefly. So like, maybe this happened again and Sky listened and they want our prestige football content. Watch NXT 2.0 because there it is for you. I thought this would drop forever. They did that one skit yeah. that week and you thought, oh, it's a bit of background fluff. They've already shot this. Might as well chuck it He's on. He's going to wrestle two or three times and then it turns out it's wrestling. It's going to be the thing that is relevant to his wrestling matches. But no, we're back to uh, missing free headers, I guess. Ins- that overhead kick was like, crap. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. Just do it again. Or don't show it. Show the amazing matches he's had with Axiom already. Is Axiom going to win? And then he's going to be climbing the ladder. And Nathan Frazier's going to turn heel by coming out and throwing a ball at the ladder and knocking him off or something. You know what would have worked here much better? Technique by Taz adjacent content where it's like, he's got the counter for this. But if you scrutinize this closely, I'm not sure he knows what to do with it. So maybe Axiom could focus in on this. Axiom slows that, the footage down and starts showing the angles. Yeah. And that reminds you of like, right, okay, well, that's the hole to look out for. is the one that could really tie this very close series. But don't Crappy overhead kicks. Lantern Donovan's going to cost him. That's what I reckon. <laughs> Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey. <laughs> Who was the, your man in, like, USA 94? Carlos Del Rama with the big hair. No, I'm thinking the American, like, Ginge. Alexi... Alexi Lalas. That's Alexi the one. Yeah. He's going to cost him. Loved USA 94. The USA 94 uh, home and away kit. So one was stars and one was stripes. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Too, Great too, too early for me. That. That, was, that was, like, my kind of, like, second. World Cup maybe and like I love it dearly because it's one of like one of the first major tournaments you ever have. England weren't even in it. But uh you go back and you revisit and there was like so many absolutely terrible games. Like, well, Brazil, I'll just watch Brazil. Yeah. And Brazil all football, Dad. <laughs> no, they're not so we spot Sunderland. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had Euro ninety six and then France ninety eight of my first tournaments. Christ. Oh my god. A long wait for the last couple, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh so then it was uh, Ilya Dragonov versus Zion Quinn. Uh Dragonov's first ba- match back since he'd broken his ankle, of course. Uh, Dragunov uh, fights from underneath Italy, fires up, just nails him with strikes. Uh, Dragunov uh, did get hit with a backbreaker and a splash for a two-count for Zion Quinn, so we got some offense in, but in the end, jumping into Guri from Dragunov, huge suplex, which looked great, uh, and then he hits him with that, I think it's called the Torpedo Undisclosed Location finisher of his to, of course, get the victory. Yeah, um, looks like Dragunov has indeed taken the ball. From, I don't know if it's Nathan Frazier or Zion Quinn, but he's taking the ball. He wants the ball. 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> he wants the ball. This was fine. This was like... I didn't think this was impactful as you made it sound, in truth. And that's fine if he's... If you were telling the story of a man returning from injury rusty, as we've just seen recently with Kenny Omega, there was a way to tell that story well. Mm. It wasn't that, but it also wasn't this like hype out. This guy has talked his way in to a title match, but it's all based on what he's done previously. It's all like, I had these epics with Gunther, so put me in there because I can go. You kind of have to 
be going at God level from the off if that's how you return into action and this wasn't. Mm. So it kind of like it felt like it's like the underserved the story they're trying to tell with Dragonoff. Maybe that's a bit maybe that scans is a bit harsh because it's his first match back, I don't know. Yeah, it was a fairly yeah, just he's a, not in there with the Ric Flair, is he? No. Just a straightforward he's back and he wins and he this yeah. is what he does sort of thing. Uh then we get a back and forth between Wendy Chu and Lash Legends. Tell you what I got from this. Uh Bothered me a couple of weeks ago when the logo changed. And uh, we talked about the Father Ted speech again. And now to the liars <laughs> who pretended that they'd watched NXT in the last two years like we did watching this brand die. And uh, finally, finally, the good old days are back. And I got a little bit of joy out of Wendy Chu versus show me an NXT 2.0 match on what is going to be the first official, whatever this like black and gold branded one is. Wendy Chu versus Lash Legend. Get in. It's still ours. It's still ours. Get your grubby, lying hands off it. Idiot, bad faith actors that pretended that this brand stayed good. Like, you made liars of yourself. Or you like terrible wrestling. But you're going to get plenty of it in this. Uh, just what was going on here. <laughs> Wendy Chu. You might think I'm a joke, but actually I'd be Tiffany Stratton. I got my ass kicked in four minutes by Cora Jade last week. <laughs> waste of time. Yeah, I'm, you... I'm bored and I need a piss now. That's what the show does to me. <laughs> You're, you, when you speak, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm not going to apologize for sticking up for myself. Uh, when Lash has got something to say, she says, get out of the way. Uh, I can tap into my dick, says Wendy Chu. So potential Admiral Dragon Lady coming back. Never know. Well, imagine if it's like the pain maker or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> which is actually, which is the, which is the most lame gimmick out of those <laughs> two, because I can't work it out. After what you did to me last week, Lash. One thing Wendy Chu isn't is ready to face you. But I think you know a lady who is. <laughs> so that's a year old dragon lady. <laughs> this is one of them problems as well. You know, when like people ask themselves what they believe to be difficult questions in order to like just humble brag, like, Am I sometimes too strong for my own good? Yes, I suppose I am. Mm. Like, just do this so you're just putting yourself over. That's what she was doing here. Like these yeah. are not these are not difficult propositions you're setting yourself. Here's what you'll hear next week. Nothing because Lash Legend's gonna be shut up. Black and gold fans must be over the moon. They've got their show back. Uh, Main event time. No, Brutus Creed versus Damon Kemp. Oh, God. That's a waste of time. You got DQ for kicking too much ass to prolong the rivalry. He didn't get DQ for kicking too much ass. He got DQ for getting his ass kicked and then going, oh, bollocks, I better get a chair. Same same thing. He destroyed him. Uh, There was a brawl, obviously, to start. Uh, Creed chucks him around with some suplexes. Kemp put a neck vice on for an age, it felt like. Um, and he took the piss out of him, which fired him, fired uh, Brutus Creed back up. Uh, he hit that pounce of his, which looks great. It just into the ropes for uh, Damon Kemp, uh, who just rolls to the outside, grabs a chair, and just waffles Brutus Creed with it. So Damon Kemp loses via DQ, but then he just breaks the chair, destroys uh, Brutus Creed, and yells about Julius Creed afterwards. <sighs> like so, is Julius up next, despite the fact that Kemp has lost his first attempt to run through the yeah. group. And, like, he's had this big master plan to tear apart Diamond Mine and apparently didn't even need one because, like, nobody wants to help Brutus while he's getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah, Julius Creed was banned from ring- ringside during the match, but after the match... Yeah, like, it's all it's all fair game. It's like, we're just... All this all this trouble he went to, really good. Turns out he could have just hit him all with chairs. Really hard. In and I hate this, man. Fair, I'm in a mood now. You shouldn't really be in a mood because... They well, said, how are you going to tell us what to be in a mood about? Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> Julius Creed was banned from ringside. That's been established. If you are banned from ringside, Sige, you can't come out during the match, okay? Get that through your head. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Huh? <laughs> so next week, surely Julius Creed should go, I'm not doing the match. I'll just grab a chair and just 
Correct. Yes, we're born. Correct. Well, we'll see. Main uh, event time. No, it's time for some backstage sage <laughs> advice. Uh, but if for once, Sage, it's not Sanger hanging it hanging it out. It's uh, it's Super Diva Quincy Elliott, one of our new favourites. Sanger, yeah, he's like, you know what? You're so wise. Normally, it's me hanging out the backstage. Uh, they they listen. Yeah. There's no way they do this gimmick without listening to this podcast. Oh God, it's, just, it's weird to sit under a different learning tree. <laughs> uh, and then uh, just to I think. I don't really keep up the level up records, but strictly speaking, if NXT 2.0 is obviously considered the thing that you level up to, so level up doesn't really count, Sanger is now seeking counsel from someone who's had fewer matches. That's correct. And Sanger's had like six. Yeah, like they'll be not. asking a baby next. They'll be, able to, they'll be asking a baby out of cinch and a wrist lock next. That's the logical progression of this, is it not? <laughs> Just keep working it backwards until there's like sort of like one of their female wrestlers is pregnant and they're just speaking to the bump. <laughs> what did I do? Good advice, Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> write that down. <laughs> what was that? Goo? <laughs> goo? This, goo. <laughs> this baby can goo. Straight to the main roster. This baby can goo. <laughs> goo. <laughs> yeah, I should, yeah, should wrestle him. Great advice. Uh, and Quincy Elliott says, oh, you crap you are, I on Quinn, and then just laughs and leaves. <laughs> oh, baby can give. <laughs> uh, right, you like oh, what came next. It's oh, not the main, main event. event time. It's not oh. yet. Oh, it's uh, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark saying, we're going to win the women's tag titles. Toxic Attraction are right in front of them. <laughs> they walk up and go, you're not going to win the tag titles. We're going to win them back. And they go, and pulls loads of faces and go, oh, have you seen it? Have you, lo- have you looked at what's going on here? Uh, three on two, actually. And then it's fire! It's <laughs> 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 the fire. She set the floor on fire. Did she... Yeah. yeah. Right. Anticipate... <laughs> This confrontation going down. Oh, but we've got some flammable liquid left over. What do you want to do with it? Put it in a line there. Might come in handy. Did she say, uh, it might come in handy if I just do this. Right. Oh. I'm anticipating a confrontation <laughs> that should happen organically, but it's caught by cameras. So I'm going to light them on fire. Or did she magic the fire? I, sorry. It's one of my favorite Cedric, uh, like sort of takes. Is the idea of lifting the ceiling off an AEW building and the queues of wrestlers waiting to interrupt, like getting tickets at the butchers, one after another. Oh, that's it, I'm feeding with, right? Might rush, might rush, might rush, floor on fire. <laughs> the idea, you know what circumvents the queue of interrupters is the floor on fire. Sometimes I think I could have really, like, I'm not saying I had not work on my dream job and all the rest oh, of it, but like, I think I could have been like a heavyweight novelist or something. <laughs> Instead, I watched this <laughs> for so many years and I'm thick. The floor's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> fire, fire. The fair's on fire. I always want to be a novelist, you know. Yeah. Have you written any books? I did try. 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 Um, in about 2015, like, finally, it's about time. You have, like, kids soon and stuff. Like, your talent be limited. Do it now. And I just decided to get this job instead, which makes us watch this show. I like that we got so earnest that you ignored his opportunity for a plug. You got any books out that you can buy at the moment? I've done it. <laughs> I have done it. I did it. I did, did it in the end. I did it. I, I wrote a book. Well, we wrote two books, if anything. Yeah, yeah, but the best one is uh, <laughs> 120,000 insightful and, and passionate words all about the uh, the formation and indeed rise of All Elite Wrestling. What's it called? Appropriately enough, it's called Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW. Yeah. I kind of get about it. About when the magic was still there. 
<laughs> on Amazon, wherever you live. Uh, yeah, so we've got the then they mentioned the Grayson Bloody Waller effect next week with Corey Jade and Roxanne Perez, hey, Andre one. Chase versus Von Wagner, and I'm preview, looking forward to this. It. Pretty deadly doing a State of the Commonwealth address. Great. Fantastic. Then it is time. That's for like this. a legit serious issue at the moment, isn't it? There's something about like Australia uh, questioning their value in the Commonwealth with the Queen being mm. dead. A pretty deadly going to address the Queen being dead because I mean that is a huge flex that I didn't expect from NXT 2.0. Fair play to them. I can't wait. Uh, so it's time for this pub rules match, uh, and you know what that means: bins around ringside. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? Pretty the much. tables were under the ring, the chairs were under the ring. A table that you couldn't rest your pint on because they just break in half straight away. Yeah, chairs that live under the ring and wouldn't be comfortable if you were sat in a pub. And yeah, bins. Come oh on. no, sorry, bins and a small one table in a pub with an empty uh, jug and two pint glasses. This made out, made out of sugar glass. This was less rooted in its theme. Than the Nigerian drum fight, yeah. and or the the Viking fight that they had the, the Viking, other week, where they were like yeah. just put some shields around ringside. Ugh. At least there was, there was a boat on that one. Piss poor this, piss mm. poor. So it's Gallus, uh, represented by Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, because as I explained to you, it's Michael Sidgwick. Joe Coffey is banned from yeah, ringside; he, he, he cannot he's, come out. He's barred. What do they call it in the states? Oh yeah, because it can't be barred. It can't be barred. Do hmm. they call it barred? Oh, what is it? There's something they say when, uh, you know, like when you're sort of, the, oh, I can't remember, they're taking your check, it'll come back to me. Like if they're kicking somebody out of a bar. It's like, uh, you're like oh, I can't, it'll come back to me. The yeah. Yanks will yeah. do it yeah, and, yeah, on fight. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're facing you, of course. Uh, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot. Um, pub rules, uh, if you're wondering, is... It's, it's a hardcore match. Uh, use what you like, <laughs> mainly the bins. Um and this was all over a game of cribbage, as they put over our commentary. I'm cutting you off. That's cutting it. Cutting you off. You got too much to drink. I'm cutting you off. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's what, what about my tab? <laughs> um, they, yeah, they hate each other with beans. Get the hell out of here and drive eight miles home. That's really weird. Yeah, I always see this in the shows, and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> it's in a bus. <laughs> what, did, what did they used to do before Ubers? It's just bars and they're nothing, isn't it? It's like sort of bars where there'd just be like a factory in the UK. It's like, you know what you need to do? You need to get people pissed and make them drive there and leaving a car. <laughs> yeah. What can possibly go wrong? Uh, yeah, so they hit each other with bins uh, and they get uh, they get tables and chairs and that. They also whip each other for quite a long time with belts. Um, and they also do the slide out of the ring to punch them in the face. Uh, in the end, because it was initially Boris Johnson and Sir Waxlock getting whipped, and then they get the belts back themselves, and they do the whipping, and then it looks like they've got the match won anyway, and so they go, bored. they go, they go, it's Gallus, man. Oh, look, there's a pint pitcher there, and I was thinking, what? Because I thought they were going to like get some beer and spit it in their face, and I was like, oh, no, it's just empty. So they just <laughs> got the glasses and just smashed them over the head. So I was like, that's a bit of an escalation, all right? Because <laughs> shattering over their head. Um, as I said, uh, Joe Coffey, banned from ringside. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Comes out, gets put through a table. Um, uh, so unceremonious as well. Yeah. Like, what a lack of threat he posed. Uh, no Mar- drama. So is rubbish. Joe, uh, sorry, Mark Coffey gets put headfirst into a trash can. His legs are waving everywhere. Wolfgang gets put through a table everywhere. Uh, then following that, and then Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot do the whole high-low on Mark Coffey, who's now stood up, but he's been still on his head, uh, and pins him. They celebrate, and <laughs> following the match, Gallus are furious and also fine now. Yeah, not selling at all. 
Um, and But the referees and the security in that uh, stop them from getting back in the ring. One of the refs gets laid out again, uh, this time oh, no, by Joe Coffey. And out comes the police to handcuff Gallus, arrest them, and they are now suspended indefinitely. Good. Yeah, hope that lasts a long, long time. Um, I wish it was a shoot, the end segment, and then we really wouldn't have to deal with them ever again. So what, it's probably uh, Gallus and Hank, maybe? Like, you know how it used to be tiers of authority figures? Like, uh, I'm the commissioner. Yeah, well, I'm the chief executive. Well, I'm the head of television. Blah, blah, blah. You've got, like, now uh, referees or, like, people that clear the scene. Hank's security staff, the police. Would you look at that, Kevin? It's the police. Uh, I don't know where Ms. Force slot into any of this, but they've been... I think near the bottom. Their credibility is shot. Yeah. So, yeah, like, well, what I want to know is what Adam Pearce is going to say about all of this <laughs> in, his, in his capacity as sort of facilitator of everything that happens in all this. Maybe Shawn Michaels will have something to do. He's taking belts off people. Mm-hmm. Rubbish. Like, what a pathetic attempt to undermine... A result literally seconds after it's happened. Not sorry, not undermine it. Pathetic attempt to like sort of wave away a result seconds after it's, it's happened. Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman in Saudi Arabia, and, isn't it? and assume you're not going to undermine it. Like this idea, you know what's going to, uh, you know, it's going to protect you after you've lost. I mean, clean in the context of the mm-hmm. fight. Yeah, is there uh, just completely no sell that you've even been in one, and then punch a punch a fake referee. Do more, do more fake fighting. This Wh- could have been blisteringly violent, hard to watch, hateful just really neatly arranged so that it never feels arranged, plunder wrestling, and then just look at the state of the of the, of the props and the set dressing and the set. What a total joke this was and is, and Shawn Michaels needs to get the hell out of here. Well, I think he's honestly useless. One of the reasons that um, British wrestling has often struggled with its identity and w- what it even is, you know, people like the regal side of it and all that, and like there's it's lots of different things. But for a lot of years, a lot of it was very pantomime over the top, and it was in service of like kids just going to show at your local social club, whatever. And that was fine. Yeah, but, fake Legion of Doom. Yeah, like Legend of Doom versus UK, right? You know, like, there's a sort <laughs> of Kane, but he's got a Union Jack on his back. Um, and that these were sort of purpose-serving things and all of that. But then, obviously, British wrestling becomes cool for a little bit, and then WWE's like, right, stop that as quick as possible. <laughs> we'll do our version of it, which is, of course, going to be less cool. And Gallus are this strange act that sort of exists as a hybrid of the two worlds. They look like they should belong in the cool version of it, but they are complete hack, pantomime, schlocky, nonsense-like perpetrators who don't fit in either world anymore because they don't have the credibility of these this scene that is trying to rebuild. It's not going to rebuild itself, by the way. Get over that. But it's trying to rebuild itself. They don't belong there. But equally, they're too pantomime and stupid. Shall I get him again? For, in inverted commas, proper wrestling. You know, We'd love to work with Vince McMahon. Like We're all in thrall of WWE because at least it looks proper. Bad. But you know what I mean? Like um, American wrestling, we're all in thrall of it because it looks proper. It's what, it's what this yeah, yeah, thing yeah. should look like. They don't belong there. They don't belong here. So maybe they're just keeping the handcuffs. Send them somewhere else. They are, maybe yeah. They, maybe they could get shoot jobs. Indefinitely suspended, uh, arrested. Um, I, I didn't get your thoughts on the match. Bad. <laughs> I told you. It's oh, just, yeah. It could have been this, except it looked like that. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't that. It didn't look like that. It's a man's wrestling match. Man's pub. There was something about yeah. Sir Wanksalot's wrist as well. They worked that into it. He was like, whoa. Yeah. Let's give my wrist a workout. That's smashing the glass off of his head. After jacket. He wants to go home and jack it like Saul Rooker wants to go and surf. There's always something more to do if you're in NXT. Alba Fire's got some new props to set. There's always something more than the wrestling to be getting on with. I would like to watch a episode of NXT where they just do the shoot jobs or the shoot hobbies <laughs> yeah. instead of wrestling. Yeah. 
I'd like, I'd like, I really like that. But yes, potentially. Halloween like, Havoc, they're going to dress up as professional wrestlers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on this show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. As I said, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, myself and the Dadleys back later on today to look ahead to AEW Dynamite. But this potentially... What am I going to say next week? NXT. That's all they've done. They've only changed this to try and wreck our podcast. Someone Crack. had a good idea. I'm sorry, I forgot who this person is. But instead of 2.0, just to keep the same rhythm, white then go! Okay, nice. we'll try that on yeah. the size maybe later on today. He's not, he's not impressed, I can tell. It's just, uh, it's just not, it's not the same, same as two, is it? We'll try on for size yeah. later. Uh, yeah, what culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been the NXT 2. Point. Yo! Yeah! <laughs> Just going to have one more. Uh, my thanks to the Dadleys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.